Today in the Nerdy Gritty, we discuss the Ripiverse and non-woke comics. What more world disappears inside it? Just another hopeless addict. Well, it makes a man insane. If the drums don't get you, the guitars will. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Nerdy Gritty, where we delve deep into the details of pop culture. I am non-political podcast host, Kyle Fox. I am Dez, and I am standing very still, because if I do anything, I'm afraid it will be deemed as political. Now, Dez, you are uh, a person of color. Oh, no! So, therefore, even if you are standing still doing nothing... (laughs) You are political it has and woke. Political, <laughs> and actually, unfortunately, I am a co-host of a person of color, meaning there's oh, diversity no, on yep. here. Dang, Dang it! it. Which, oh, <laughs> crud! We both are political woke wokeanistas. Dang <sighs> it! You know what that means? I don't know. Let's get on. With it means it. somebody needs to make a podcast that doesn't address <laughs> us. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, hey, so Prey came out recently. Prey did come out recently, and we're going to talk about uh, it later. We can, yeah, we can talk about it later, but it was pretty good. Yeah, I, re- I enjoyed it. Yeah, pretty good, the, I no, think, is the best way to put it. Yeah, the premise of the movie is it's it's in the Predator franchise, uh, as in the Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, from the 80s Predator movie. Uh, but this one takes place, what, in the 1800s? 1700s? 1700s. Yes. Uh, 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 some kind of, uh, I think it's comanche the comanche a comanche tribe yes yes uh in you know in in north america somewhere i don't know exactly where it's set i'm not sure if that was ever stated but anyway and it's basically a predator shows up to do its thing and uh it's the the comanche's area was northern texas oklahoma panhandle type area okay i looked it up because i was curious yeah yeah no 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 that makes sense um and basically instead of muscle man arnold schwarzenegger it's now uh you know an indigenous you know a member of the the tribe who basically takes on the predator and uh which is really interesting we'll talk more about it later but yeah we'll talk about that later what's interesting about it is that they kind of just did the same thing but in a different setting yeah and it gave it to me a whole new like point of view like a whole new kind of freshness and it really wasn't I mean, it really didn't do a whole lot as far as like plot goes. It didn't. So, so, and it, but it was good. So what are other horror movie, monster movie, whatever franchises that we can, you know, shake up a little bit by applying this formula? What, what can we drop where to uh, make the next, the next uh, iteration in the franchise? So this is something that when you brought this up, I was like, I immediately, this came to mind. I'm like, Hmm. Do you know who currently owns the rights to Friday the 13th or not Friday the 13th to um, Nightmare on Elm Street franchise? Uh, well, currently it's not. Is it not New Line Cinema anymore? It is New Line Cinema. Yeah, they've owned it. Which since is it... owned by Warner Brothers. Oh, so Warner Brothers technically so they're, owns. They're going to delete everything. And which anyway, the Warner Brothers also owns the Sandman. So here's a no, 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 stop it because I'm serious here. (laughs) I want, I love it, I love it. It's gonna be terrible. Freddy Krueger 
in the Sandman verse. And I, I want Dream to have to deal with this rogue. Is he a nightmare? Is he a human? Like, what is going on with this? And I want there to be some sort, because obviously if Dream's going to be involved with this, there has to be some sort of philosophical, you know, deeper meaning to it. Sure. And I, I like genuinely part of it would be, what does it mean to be a human in the dreaming or a dreaming in the human world? Like, because we deal with both of those things in the Sandman comics. What does it mean to be a dream in the That's world of humans? true. And what does yeah. it mean to be a human in the world of dreaming? And how is this person like both at the same time here but yeah, at the sure same you time you could absolutely introduce the traditional <laughs> horror elements of freddy krueger and the nightmare on elm street sure you can get all big brain philosophical or whatever but what <laughs> i want to see is freddy krueger one of the best parts about the freddy krueger sequels is his like really super lame jokes that he makes <laughs> when that he didn't kills come people. until later though i think i know that's, like the, the that's second the sequels yeah. that's like that's really even like three and four and five yeah <laughs> uh, when he gets absolutely ridiculous and stupid and i want to see like him try to do that and dream just standing there like <laughs> stoic face. what like just not just not understanding even like is this humor <laughs> are you trying to make a joke Oh, that sounds terrible. I want to see it. Because there, there, um, there's no actual conflict between Dream and Freddy Krueger. Because Dream obviously wins that. Like, that's not... Right. There's no question there. But it's got to be told through the lens of, like, Nancy or whoever else in the, the, the Nightmare on Elm Street verse. Sure. And, you know, so there, there's got to be somebody who is genuinely at danger here and the horror element actually works. But, I like, I want there to be this actual question of what does it mean to be these things. You know what? Maybe I think that just... could be really good. <laughs> sure. Maybe we just replace. <laughs> maybe it's just a remake of the show, and they just replace the Corinthian with with uh, with Freddy Krueger. With Freddy Krueger, <laughs> and Freddy Krueger shows up at the at the serial killer convention, and everybody's just freaked out because staring at him. Yes. <laughs> terrifying monster is here. He just walks uh, okay. up. Is like, "Hello, I'm here to check in to my. Uh, oh yes. my gosh, sir, your skin. <laughs> Are you okay? Should Why do you have Andy? knives on your hand? What is happening?" <laughs> oh man uh okay well so the example i gave you when i suggested this as a topic uh was let's drop some xenomorphs into into feudal japan that would be super cool you know ninja versus a xenomorph but really ninja sure oh yeah yeah and then you would then obviously you gotta have a ninja like you know uh uh like a face grabber thing you know like an egg birthed from a ninja and now it's a alien that wears a ninja mask right right uh no uh but i was thinking like this one could work basically any anywhere with, like, drop them in xenomorphs. star wars make a xenosith i want that to oh. be a xenosith um that might actually uh marvel owns both like comics wise own star wars and and like the alien and predator franchises there are there's definitely so the, fan art of the xenosith there might there might legitimately be an aliens in the star wars universe or or predator in the star wars universe i'm not i'm not sure about that but yeah no aliens are non-specific you can basically drop them anywhere and just it's just mind mindless monster against whoever and i the the options for the alien franchise are endless and I think that would be interesting. They kind of like they they kind of but didn't try it with the uh, Alien vs Predator, where they drop where it's alien. They're fighting aliens in a like ancient temple in Antarctica or something like that. For and it's, such a it was, cool idea, how do those movies end up so bad? Alien vs Predator was like nothing. They did nothing interesting with it. In, and, anyway, and they should have been so cool. It's such a good idea. 
but yes, it made but yeah, no, but they, put they it, were garbage. We gotta, you know, put it in uh, anyway. Yes, it, Requiem is even worse. Anyway, I think <laughs> I think the aliens like it would be shocking if they didn't do this for the next. I mean, for an alien movie in the future, if they didn't follow that, because it worked so well. And it would work even easy. It would be even easier with an alien. Like a predator has some kind of sentience. Right. An right. alien could just show up and then be the monster. Exactly. Like, it's basically like the symbiotes. It just shows up and makes people bad. Sure. And that's Whatever. it. Like that, that's yeah. all you got to do. Yeah. So no, I so like that's it. an easy one. No. Okay. No, on the more comedic line of things. Oh you... wait, that wasn't your comedic. No, that one? was not my comedic one. That was my good one. This is my comedic one. Are you Let's ready for hear this? It. So. Do you know the movie Luck that just came out? The Apple film Luck? Uh, no, I don't. I haven't heard of it. It's a it's a CG film about a girl who is just like the unluckiest person on the planet. Oh, no, and I do know. It, this is uh, this is John uh, Lasseter's... It's the ex-head it really? of Pixar. It's his first movie since he was fired from Pixar. For oh, being right. For, and yeah. Yeah, anyway. So, yes, I now I now context. Yes, I know what's So, I mean, yeah, she ends up going to like a leprechaun universe and yes, you know, the, the leperverse. The leprechaun, Wait. the leprechaun should be a part of this film. So, here's what I want to happen. Uh... Ready? Here's how this works out. If you guys don't know this, The Leprechaun was uh, a horror movie in the 80s with Jennifer was... Aniston. Jennifer Aniston was in that? early 90s it was her first i think big pick like it might have even been her first acting job i had the very first one had jennifer aniston and it was by far the best and it was terrible did you know there was a leprechaun five in the hood i have watched all the leprechaun movies (laughs) really except for for leprechaun origins oh there's a leprechaun six back to the hood Mm -hmm. i had no idea (laughs) my some friends and i back when i lived in missouri we watched all six of them. We had bad movie night pretty often. We watched from the start to finish. Yeah, they're terrible. So here's what and happens. This awesome. lady, this lady, right? She's so unlucky. She goes to the Leprechaun universe and she messes things up there. That's that's the film. Luck. That's the cool. film. Sounds wonderful. One of the Leprechauns, his whole thing is ruined for it. And now he vows revenge. And that's how the Leprechaun is created. That is the Leprechaun <laughs> Origins. And now the sequel film Which, is still a CG animated film where he murders his way to this woman. It's extremely violent. But every time he gets close, her unluckiness ruins it for him. And so, like, <laughs> you know, she accidentally spills her steaming hot coffee and it falls uh, into his face. So or, it's just a series of errors. Like, it's a comedy of errors, but, like, as gory and horrific as possible. It's, oh, no, it's just that scene. It's, it's oh, what's the movie? It's the, the Man Who Knew Too Little. I think it's a... It's a Is that Chevy Chase? No, it's, uh, it's, I think it's, um, what's his name? Who was the uh, man who knew too little? I know this movie. Bill Murray. Bill yeah, Murray. Bill Murray. Yes, 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 Bill Murray. And he gets involved in a spy plot, but never knows <laughs> nothing no about it. Never yes. realizes it. It's just that. She never even <laughs> Exactly. She has no idea plot. this is happening. But, like, there's just this murder spree. Like, it's on the news. And, like, she, he, like he will, like, find her and then accidentally get stuck on a bus. And then he just kills everybody on the bus. <laughs> and it's just... And then... <laughs> and every time she's like, huh. Wow. <laughs> that was brutal. Wow. Man. Anyway, gotta go. Anyway. <laughs> uh, my, my other idea... Okay uh is uh we need a new first of all 
we need a new good Tremors movie. Always. If you haven't Always. seen Tremors, there's a lot of Tremors movies. All except for the first one are not great. The second uh, one is it's, fine. It's it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Yes. The first okay. one's great though. The first one I Cult I legitimately classic. think is a perfect movie. You know, it, as in, in as, as much as it does exactly what it wants to what do. What it's attempting to do, it does it extremely well. Right. It's right. not obviously a tour de force as far as filmmaking goes, but right. it is excellent. I want a a Tremors movie set in a my here's my idea, like a turn of the century mining expedition to like the Pacific Northwest. Okay. Because what you need in a Tremors movie, a good Tremors movie, you need isolation and you need like Tremors work in the first one, they're in the they're all in the desert. Because they need like open space to move and stuff like that. But it works well because it's this tiny town where you don't get a lot of like vibration. The 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 monsters in the movie are called graboids. They're basically attracted to vibration and they will attack things that make noise. That's how they right. eat people and, you know, survive. I want I want graboids, but in the early nineteenth or early twentieth century, in like so you have like this expedition of like gruff miners going up and like <laughs> you know blasting but they're using dynamite oh they're using like yeah maybe they have a few like machine like pr- you know early machines to help them mine and they have to then you know use their wits to dist- to and part of it is that they are legitimately already underground and these these graboids are are there too and you know and just i think you could introduce like a cool like scenario of like these tight corridors and these giant monsters like i don't know i this is a this is a great idea and it needs to happen i i you love know? this and for whatever reason it made me think of one more idea that i get here so from dusk till dawn has also had plenty of sequels and even a tv show i think a yeah spin-off, whatever the t- yeah i watched the first season of the tv show it was not great but i want basically the same movie but mm. instead of criminals showing up to the titty twister it's like a, a, an entire squad of green berets. And I want this to be like an actual fight that they like, not a mauling that people eventually have to escape from, but right. these people are like, we're killing every vampire in this place. Like, because <laughs> the, 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 one of the big reveals in from dust till dawn is that it pans back and it's actually this huge ziggurat that goes down. This and I want these guys to be like, yeah. we're going level by level downward. And we're like, we're cleaning our way through this. And it kind of like balances that predator line where it's also, you know, about soldiers that are there to to wreck face right 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 they ain't got time to bleed yeah yeah exactly i, I want that to happen <laughs> man okay there's the the pre- i hope the prey prey has opened up a whole new can of worms as far as like wait we can just do that okay let's just do that <laughs> yeah why aren't we why do we, why are we making this complicated let's just do that <laughs> all right hey let's been let's get into what we've, has been going on in the world because i've got something that has to do with uh a previous yeah, jump into episode that first. That's, here. that's a big one yeah so uh, a few episodes ago or maybe it wasn't a few episodes ago we just haven't been able to record in a while it's maybe been it just, a while whatever maybe it just feels like a few episodes but um we talked about ai and if artificial intelligence can make art and what we what we yeah. came up with I, which i still like today is it can uh, ai can deduce art or sorry produce art but it cannot create art it is it's a fancy to it's a fancy paintbrush yeah it's a very very high-tech tool but it still takes somebody to input to create with it anyway so uh all that being said the winner of a colorado art competition used artificial intelligence 
So <laughs> got him. You got him good. Got him. So there was a uh, an art competition from the Colorado State Fair Fine Arts, and he won using uh, what is it called? Mid Journey. Mid Journey. Mid Journey is essentially like Dolly Two, which we've talked about before, where you can just give some prompts and yeah. it creates art for you in the prompts you using images from the like from the internet essentially right and somebody won with the art that was created from it and obviously people are angry and upset here's my thought how uh obviously this is bad this bad this feels bad it is bad but where do we draw the line like Man, he, man. He, we're gonna have to do a sequel prompt, episode, right? Because, like he, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, is it necessary? Like, first of all, it's on them. They didn't put they they didn't like update their their rule set. I assume right, right. that made this legal, uh, or they were fine with it, and that's why he won. And it it's a beautiful picture that was you know if you look at the picture, it's pretty cool looking. Yeah, like, I mean a, it's great. It really it's, is. It, it looks like a really cool like still frame from or like concept art for a cool sci fi movie or something. Um. But he won in the category of digital slash digitally manipulated art. And clearly they didn't have, or at least it was okay, either by omission or just intentionally, for him to use an AI generator. And that's where I'm thinking, like, if they were okay with it, or at least didn't say nothing, didn't didn't do anything about it, then what's the, what's the problem? He, like, I'm, I'm okay with, like, let's create a whole new category for this where... The person who can use these tools to create the most striking image, you know, the most interesting, uh, you know, picture or whatever. Like, I think it would be cool if they created a whole new category just for AI generated art, because the possibilities are infinite and somebody can be less creative with it than somebody else. So why not? What's the problem? And and in his defense, again, uh, I'm reading his actual post here, uh, Sin Carnet is his uh, his Twitter ah, username. What a, what a cool, what a wow. cool, what a cool name! But he said, "So um, edgy." I've been exploring a special prompt that I've been publishing uh, that I'll publish on another date. But I created hundreds of image images using it. After many weeks of fine tuning and curating my generations, there you go. I chose my top three. Then I had them upscaled with another AI. And then I printed them onto a canvas. See, that's super cool to me. Like, it's not just he. It, I think people are expecting the situation to be, oh, he typed some words, then just like random, like just like, hey, here's a picture that somebody else. And technically, that's what he did. But he still like refined it and right. like took the time to create something striking and like used multiple programs apparently. And like, I I don't think this is as I I'm I'm not as offended by this as it seems some some commenters are and i can understand where they're coming from because it certainly is not the same as somebody just taking a paintbrush to a canvas and producing that same image i would right. say it's very different from that but i that's why i'm saying just create a whole new category for it but at the same time and again it's almost the sequel here i, I remember a point when my wife for about a month would say, hey, can you help me find some images for this? I've been Googling all over and I can't find any good images for whatever fill-in-the-blank thing. Sure. And I would do one Google search and I'd be like, here, that's what you're looking for. She's like, oh, like how do you find that? And it came down to the fact that I knew what words 
to put into the search engine. Like I mm. had trained my brain to understand the search engine and yeah, I but... knew what words to put in there. It was a skill that I had that she did not have. And therefore I was able to more successfully use this digital tool yeah, because I had a skill that she did not have. And right. like, I, I think right now, this is a point where we say, man, that sucks, but good for him. He, he did a good job. Awesome. From this point forward, though, we should probably specify this is yes. an artificial intelligence competition. Right. This is not one. Here are the tools that are okay. Here are the tools that are not okay. Because create new, create new rules for it. Because we also have to start thinking, like, what is and is not artificial intelligence. If I, like, I do a lot of web design and social media management right now, and I generate color uh, palettes online constantly. It's something I'm literally doing every day is trying to find a color palette for a post. And I don't create that myself. There's an AI that generates mm. color palettes for me. So mm. if I'm an artist and I have an AI generate my color palette, is that okay or not? Right, right. So this is, it's, oh man, there's so much to talk about. In this, there's a lot to talk about. Wild. There. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. we will get into this again someday. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of creating new rules for a category, segue, nice. uh, Let's talk about, uh, we talked about in the past, the fact that the Academy Awards, the Oscars, have very specific rules for what can be uh, uh, considered for an award uh, and have, <coughs> for a long time, required a limited, a I think it's a week, at least one week of a the theatrical release for that film. Specifically in a certain uh, county in California, the showings have to be at certain times. And I think it came from at a certain point. This was what, like, at least people were able to see it. People, right. you know, critics were able to see it. All this, you know, there's a standard. But, you know, it feels outdated at this point. What with digital releases and stuff like that. Well, over COVID, the, you know, COVID lockdowns and whatnot, they actually kind of took away those rules. Oh, interesting. I don't know if he, we should have talked about this at some point. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I missed it or not, but. So they lifted a lot that. of those yeah. rules because it was, you know, literally illegal to go to a movie theater at a certain point, you know, for, for a good long yes. while. And so, okay, are we just not going to have Oscars? That would have been fine. But no, they didn't want that. They wanted to maintain it. Well, uh, so this year, a movie called Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, Leo Grande. I don't know how it's pronounced. Uh, with uh, It's a movie starring uh, Emma Thompson. Uh was it premiered at the Sun at Sundance and received critical acclaim. There was a lot of Oscar buzz for specifically Emma Thompson. It's going to be a huge deal. Uh, it was then later released on Hulu June 17th. And then it became ineligible for the Oscars when they reverted back to their old, old, old rule set. It premiered at the Oscars, but it never had an actual the like it's the theatrical run that so it or it premiered at sundance the film right, festival right which doesn't count toward the eligibility for the old rules okay then it didn't go to regular theaters then it went to hulu and it would have been fine except they then they i i guess at the same time or very similar or very close or right before or whatever uh reverted back to the old rules once again requiring theatrical release but here's the big deal. Here's why all this, why I'm setting all this up. They appealed the rule decision and they have been approved. Oh, okay. To go to the Oscars. They are now, it is now within contention. Like it is now something that could possibly be, uh, be uh, you know, nominated for an Oscar 
And I'm really hoping that this is like the crack in the day. Like, hey, like there are great movies being released on streaming services all the time. Like it is no longer the fringe whatever. It's not just movies from 20 years ago. It's not just like B movies that are in Redbox or Netflix. You know, they're not just whatever. Like people are making movies specifically for for streaming services and in the last couple of years you've had several nominated for oscars right from those like because the rules were different you had don't look up is one that comes to mind yeah. was nominated for best picture that was a netflix movie and so i'm really hoping just like the chain like the sea change in kind of the 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 theater scene the movie theater scene that this might be also another shift because of like what we're learning here is that COVID had a huge impact on the movie industry because it was relying on a certain release, uh, you know, certain re- like release schedule and release mo- uh, methodology for so long. And now there weren't a lot of like birth pangs of something new, I think, where, mm-hmm. where things are just changing. And I think people are like the the uh, the Academy is like, ah do we have to do this do we want to do this where for me it's just like why not What's, i mean i'm the still just... the, the whole idea of theaters <laughs> is a big part of this and you know the academy wants to help preserve movie theaters but yeah but but at the end of the day is there anything other than because it's tradition that no. is what is the i mean maybe the is the academy you know what the academy might be getting bribes That's what it is. <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised at all but hopefully this means that any kind of movie, regardless of whether it is in a theater or not, can be, because uh, I think that's only going to actually help, you know, pe- people will spend more money or, you know, a company would spend more money on a potentially great movie if they don't even have to put it in theaters. And therefore, it could, I don't know. There's, there's there, a lot there. There also, yeah, there has to be filters and not saying that should be one of the filters, but... That is a big filter that because the Academy can't watch every movie released. That's just sure. not physically possible. And so they got to put filters in. And that's a pretty big filter. That's a pretty easy way to just straight up say we are, we are cutting out 100 movies this way by saying streaming services don't count. <laughs> way more than that. Yeah. You know, uh, so. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm hoping, though, that, the, that this is like a, well, you're setting a precedent here, basically. I'm hoping that it's not just the exception. What I, what I think should happen is the Jeff Keighley route where somebody just steps up and says, hey, we're doing the streaming awards now. We, we do exclusively streaming you services. You can win a streamy. Yeah, you can win a streamy. We do exclusively streaming service movies and TV or, shows. Or just one that – or it's not just exclusive. It's just like, hey, I'm going to start my own award show. You can – and it includes both. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's not like the Oscars. I, the Oscars can't say no. <laughs> it's just an award show. They don't – they're not the president – yeah we all know that we all know the president can say no <laughs> you just come in and be like no ah dang jo- it joe is very concerned about <laughs> movie awards in his what 70 some years of life it's been his, his it's very peak. It's why he it's why he became president so exactly that he, could, he could say no exactly anyway fox what have you been up to actually no 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 to, to get back to what we've been doing before let's yes. talk about prey because clearly we both saw it yeah 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 it was uh pretty good it was it was pretty good. I agree with yeah. you. It wasn't spectacular. I really, I, I, I really enjoyed it. <clears throat> I think that the first part, the the kind of establishing part, was a little boring, and I think it was because I wanted <clears throat> it to be a predator movie, 
right off the bat and instead they were establishing a 17th century or 16th 18th century whatever 1700s you know tribal uh, dynamic and so it had to be slow and there were a lot of dramatic shots of hunting and because hunting was a really big theme in this of course sure yeah and that if it continued to be about the culture of this tribe and the dynamic of the war chief i think would have been really good but because i was waiting for now the predators here and everybody and there's there's, there's dying and screaming and whatever else it felt a little slow at the beginning I, I, I think this movie would have benefited. They never would have done this because people wouldn't have watched it. and like It wouldn't have had the buzz you know, until after it came out. But it would have benefited from uh, nobody knowing, not, not advertising the Predator aspect at all. Man, that would have been so Literally cool. just calling it Prey and just making it about a, 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 a girl who is trying to prove her worth as a hunter in this society. I thought would have been, that would have been interesting. Yeah. For and sure. then if at if at like I was disappointed that they showed the predator before her actual like interaction with it, like because they're kind of like oh yeah I mean they're not trying to hide it but it would have been much more interesting if like at a certain point it, I think the the moment in the movie would have been when she's running from the bear, and the predator, and the predator kills the bear shows up and that you're like been, holy what what <laughs> yes that would have been so good to just wait a minute. That would have been, been so fun... good for us, but people who wanted to show up for a, a film about the, the dramatic tension between a, a tribal, you know... I'm fine with that. <laughs> That's one of my favorite parts of From Dusk Till Dawn, actually. For real? <laughs> you don't know it's a vampire movie until 75% of the way through the movie. Before that, it's just a crime caper, basically. Like a tense cr- thriller, basically. And then it's like, goes this left way And then way Selma direction. Hayek eats uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then it gets weird, and I loved it. And I, really, yeah. <laughs> I think Prey would have benefited from this. Uh, I do want to mention that, of course, there's the you know weirdos on the internet who are really sad that a girl was that did a girl did stuff, <sighs> and it's like aside from just the sexism, whatever, who cares? It's very revealing that you never watched Predator or just did not understand the point because the whole point of Predator is that the big, tough, strong guys were nothing. Right. Their muscles, including including Arnold Schwarzenegger's giant muscles, were nothing. Yes. It did not matter because this predator literally like picks him up and throws him at one <laughs> point. Like like it was about his cleverness. Like right. this girl, I forget her name, but the girl in Prey is equal to Arnold Schwarzenegger as far as what matters when it comes to hunting this thing. And it's just like, okay, you don't you don't understand. I okay, this isn't worth this is an worthy conversation. That, that's one thing that I think they did very successfully in this film is and that they always have to do with Predator, which Predator itself is such a unique film because it has to do this where it has to balance the horror aspect. The Predator is the scary horror thing that is chasing you with yeah. the action hero aspect. You still sure. have to believe that this is a hardcore BA, you know, amazing soldier, and but is you have to then show that soldier is no match for the predator though. So you have to make this balancing act of yes, Arnold Schwarzenegger is beefy and muscular and, and you know, we don't have time to bleed and whatever else. Like, yes, he is incredible by human standards. He is nothing to that. Yeah, You have to, you have to establish that he is a threat, but not one compared to this thing. Right. And so doing that balancing act of having the, the, the horror of the predator, but also 
believing that this guy is tough and strong. They did it in this film too. Like yeah. she was a formidable hunter. It and... established her abilities and her, her cleverness yes. before she even fought the thing. Yeah. And the way that she fought through that French camp, like it was super cool stuff yeah. that she was doing. It was awesome. Yeah. And they cool did things. a really good job of establishing that. And then also establishing that she was not a match for the prowess of the predator. Right. As far as her physical strength. Right. Physical goes. stuff. Yeah. 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 I also love that they, it's 300 years ago. So also the predator tech is 300 years old. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's not the same. That, no that guns. Was cool. No, no. Sure. Yeah. Nothing like yeah, that. He had, he launched arrows essentially, but yeah. just a better version of arrows. And yeah. So like, it just, it made sense. It was a, it was a fun kind of unexpected movie. I was, I was mm-hmm. excited for that. Yeah. It was uh, good. Uh, I went and saw bullet train. Oh, I've been wondering about that. The, the Brad Pitt movie. Yeah. Um, Okay, so picture essentially, like, what if? I I don't I hate to compare everything to John Wick, but what if the kind of some of the concepts, the elements of like assassins and all this stuff of John Wick, uh, was also a comedy of errors? Because <laughs> it's essentially just like, uh, it's it's it, okay, it's good. It was really fun. It was really okay. fun to watch. I I really enjoyed it. Um, everybody's funny. Everybody's clever. It also made you genuinely care about some of these bloodthirsty like assassins like so like it did everything really well and like it just it was essentially like the the whole like what if everybody's an assassin but the movie is not john wick the movie is like on cocaine and just crazy <laughs> like it's and it was super fun to watch it was it, like it just had continual like things happen and then you go back and see what happened outside of that to explain what just happened and cutaway gags and all this stuff and it's funny and brad pitt was funny in it he's basically in the it's like the biggest in the wrong place at the wrong time like he had a very simple job but and uh he literally replaced somebody else on this job and the whole like uh there's that 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 plays a huge element of the i'm gonna give you one spoiler here okay does it say, I'm not even supposed to be here today? Sorry, um, Clerks reference. Ki- kind of. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, but, okay. Some 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 background. Deadpool 2 has a wonderful scene, maybe the best scene in the movie, where they're like, he, they just created X-Force. They all got all, they got all these cool superheroes. <laughs> and then they jump out of the plane, and all of them, except for, like, Deadpool one. and one guy, die yeah. immediately. And it's so funny. <laughs> but one of those guys that dies uh, is invisible, and like flies into some power lines and like gets shocked and in that shocking like you see who it is like he he becomes visible for like half a second and it's Brad Pitt. They hire Brad. Is Pitt it for serious? The movie, in Deadpool two? Yes, and he's literally I had no in idea. It. He's literally in it for like half a second. It's That's the best. hilarious. Well, obviously Deadpool stars Ryan Reynolds. This was a movie starring Brad Pitt. And he got Ryan Reynolds to be in it for literally half a second. <laughs> like it's just like a clear like reference to that other movie. It's, I'm it's looking just, at it, it now. A, it is Brad Pitt. That's hilarious. Yes, it absolutely was. And it was just a wonderful little like this really it's funny kind of, but also with some out like outside context, you're like, oh, that's a funny little callback or reference. <laughs> anyway, Bull Train is really fun. It is a really slick and also surprisingly heartfelt action movie. So that's it was, cool. It was really, I nice. enjoyed it. I watched Lightyear, the new oh, cool. uh, Disney Pixar film. It came out straight to to Disney Plus, and it was similar to Encanto to me, 
where the animation in this was spectacular. The cinematography and direction were so, so good. And overall, the movie was fine. It's pretty good, you know? Sure. Pretty predictable. Yeah. Uh, kind of obvious. It took, a, it took you know, a, a little bit of an unexpected turn toward the end, which was, you know, a refreshing one. Like, a, oh, interesting. But other than that, it was a, pretty much what you expect. A very traditional, you know, there's the hero... And he ends up with a ragtag bunch of rookies. And now he has to trust these rookies to help him save the world or whatever. And sure. it's very, very much that. The the unique element of it, though, that I did like was their whole goal was to get to light speed. And so they were trying to do it. And Buzz Lightyear is the one testing. And so they send him up and he approaches light speed, but ah, oh, fails. And then he comes back down. And he was up for four minutes, and he's been gone for four years. Yeah, I know that's the premise of it. But then they have to test it again. And he does it so much that it ends up being like 100 years, and he's he ages like one day, but it's over. Like, it's his uh, best friend's granddaughter is one mm. of the people that he ends right, up right. with. And it's just it's a really interesting <clears throat> and unique element to the movie that uh, – that I enjoyed. But other than that, it was a pretty generic film overall. Taika Waititi is funny. You expect sure. that, you know. With very few exceptions, that's right. usually the case. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's okay. If you have Disney+, Plus, I recommend you watch it for sure. But it's not mm. one of those things like subscribe to Disney+, Plus, watch it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, all right. Um, let's see. Let me, let me, I, I, I clicked away from my list. How uh, dare you? Hey, did you watch Day Shift? No, what is Day the Shift? Net, it's a new Jamie Foxx Netflix movie. Mm-mm. It's essentially the concept is that he's a vampire hunter and it's about oh, him. I saw that. I didn't yeah. watch it. It's it was kind of nothing. Like yeah, it was it looked like that. It was it was very run of the mill. Um didn't really have anything new for the whole vampire genre. And he's like janitor by day, vampire hunter by night type. Well, thing, right. Yes. His cover is that he's a pool cleaner. That's what it is. Pool cleaner. And, but that's not really a part of the movie. That's just like he just hides it from every like hides it from his family from that. But what I guess the only interest like the interesting addition to the vampire kind of mythos is that there's it's like, OK, not to another John Wick reference. But you know how like there's a whole like Assassin's Guild yeah. Like an assassin, but it, at this point, it's essentially just like a union. Yeah. And there's like a tradition, you know, there's like office space that they use to like keep <laughs> track of all this. That's essentially the case in this also. Oh, that's cool. Where there's a secret vampire hunter guild. And I mean, those are, that's been a thing in other movies, but it's yeah. a modernized, like it's just an office building, essentially. It's secret hidden underground, but. Right. And they just have rules and it's very like, there's a lot of like office kind of humor, you know. <laughs> day-to-day dilbert type humor a little like for a, a part of the movie but it's about vampire jamie hunters. fox puts his friends uh like wooden <laughs> stakes in jello you know yeah there's yeah. well there's like a <laughs> there's like a character who wants to like get in a promotion and there's anyway but the movie overall eh. yeah it has a it has a snoop dog in it for a surprisingly like larger role than i expected and he was pretty good in it i actually liked all him right yeah, nice, so that nice. Was fun. That's cool. That's cool. All right, I've been playing a handful of video games. Uh, the three that I'm going to mention here, real quick. Number one, uh, Monster Train uh, is uh, it's. Man, I've always wanted to try it out. It's good. Imagine Slay the Spire, but you're the Spire. 
is really what it is. So you've got four different levels, and at the top is uh, like the heart of the train, and you are using cards. It's a deck building game to put in units on different levels of the train while things are attacking you, and you have to defend the train as it comes. So it's a kind of part tower defense, kind of part so this by our uh, deck builder and it was pretty fun i enjoyed it um as i was playing it i was i played it for about an hour then i'm like i would rather play slay the spire and that wasn't something against monster train that was just that i've got like a thousand hours in slay the spire and i really like it and i'm good at it and so i stopped playing monster train and i went and i did the daily for slay the spire and <laughs> it was, so it's just like that is not nothing against monster train that was just my kind of final thought my experience with monster train was that uh i also played super liminal i'm uh it's a game that i played we have a podcast forever ago where i played the demo and this game is super fun but i can only play it a little bit because it's first person and i started getting motion sick but the whole premise of this game is it's uh, a typical physics puzzler where you're just uh, first person, you're grabbing things, picking it up and moving it to solve puzzles. But your perspective on the screen is the perspective all objects will end up in. So if you pick up a wooden block and put it in the middle of your screen and then back up really far and then let it go, it's taking up, you know, 30 40 percent of the screen and it ends up being this huge block that drops down that is giant in that way and so it creates really unique ways to solve puzzles and you find rooms where there's just lines all over the place and then if you stand in one specific spot all the lines come together to form a picture of a door but once you actually line them up then it's an actual door. The door is there. You can go walk through it. And so it's different things like, so it's super unique and it's really enjoyable. If you like, you know, kind of uh, puzzles that are unique and kind of challenge the way that you look at things, I highly recommend Super Liminal. Uh, Then the final one is that, that we can both talk about is we played through Escape Academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Escape Academy was a traditional puzzle game, escape the room type puzzle game, first person, lots of puzzles, you got to solve them. Uh, The unique part about this, though, is that it was fully co-op. And unlike We Were Here or uh, any of the other asymmetrical co-op puzzlers that we've done, this was just a first person, or sorry, a single player game, but now you have another person in the same room with you. Right, right. It basically just allowed two people to be in the game, but the, the... The puzzles did not require two people to, to solve. No, but so it was fun. That was, I mean, oh, it was super fun. Yeah. I'm looking forward to when they drop more more puzzles because I was a little disappointed by how short it was. Yeah, because it felt like a bigger release than something like we were here. But uh, I was a little disappointed. Like I kind of realized halfway through the game, I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> I don't need to be here. You can solve this. <laughs> like, but you know, I'm 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 not going to like generally not going to complain about a co-op game yeah. because co-op games are rarer these days. And not to and mention the fact that there was more than once when I was like, I have no idea. And you're like, I got sure. it. And same vice versa, you know? Yeah. Right. But at the same time, I could have just been watching you play and tell, told you what oh, to do. Yeah, that's true. So, so uh, yeah, that's the disappointing part. And I'm hoping that they might do something a little more, you know, cooperative in the future with some, right. you know, DLC or something, but it was overall a very fun experience. Yeah. So, yeah, not not bad. Yeah, that's all I've got, though. That's all I got, too. Shall we uh, finally get down to that nerdy gritty? Yeah, let's get Let's move on. So a while back, I read a news article from yes. uh, uh, for one of our joke news things 
because the title, the, the, the actual headline is, it sounds like a hard drive news article. Like, it's, yeah, it sounds like the onion. Yeah. Out here. Uh, Non-woke comic book, a hit with readers rakes in 2 million quote. This is what they were always afraid of. <laughs> Who is they? Why are they first scared? Of all, first of all, you don't end a sentence with a with a preposition, Come on. Uh, or an art an article, right? Uh, right. Just 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 bad grammar. But yes, it's a very funny like attention. I mean, it's attention grabbing intentionally, right? But I don't. I'm. I, there's probably a good amount of people, including us, that it grabbed our attention for not the reason they were looking for. But what so, it yeah. really came down to is there were a pair of uh, of artists who worked at DC Comics and disliked the political storylines that DC was really getting into. They chose to quit and start their own line of comics uh, called Ripaverse. Ripaverse. Yeah, and Ripaverse uh, pledges to be quote non political or non woke. Uh, their goal, non-woke is their quotes, but their goal is to be apolitical. And so today we're going to talk about, is that possible, question mark? And what would it mean to make non-woke comics? Yeah, let's let's first of all jump into, uh, so so I actually watched like the, it, the, the two creators are, uh, let's see, Eric July is the writer, the founder of the Ripaverse, I assume the writer. Uh, and one of the artists uh, is Gabe Abdul Altaib, I believe is how you pronounce it. I watched an interview with them on um, this will shock you, Fox News. Gas. Uh, yeah, no, it, basically them just kind of talking about what the what the why they were doing this, why they why they wanted to create the w- the Ripaverse, their their comic line, and essentially they specifically point out that uh, in Action Comics number 900, Superman uh, officially renounced his uh, American citizenship, like, in-universe. Which, hey, first of all, let's point out, that was in 2011. (laughs) You're a little late on that train. That's 11 11 years ago. But they also specifically point out the fact that DC officially changed the quote-unquote, like, like tagline or motto for uh instead of truth justice and american way it's now truth justice and a better tomorrow right which is better they were upset about that they didn't like that uh yeah uh actually uh what's his name what's the what's the guy's name uh gabe abdul al taib was actually an artist like on superman like right right he, he was a legitimate like he was there he wasn't just some rando He's not just some guy who whatever he was like, and he uh, chose to leave apparently because of that. I think they changed his, uh, the, the, the slogan in 2011. Um, and that was a big deal. So yes, now they have started the Ripaverse. They have la- not launched it. It is a funding campaign. And the first issue is supposed to come out, I think in October, if I'm not mistaken, let me get to the right page here. They have 24 days left of their funding campaign, and it's, I think, supposed like to be $3.5 million right now. Yes, so they've been very successful. Like, which is, hey, I mean, I might not do, I might not agree with your, your motivation here, but your book doesn't seem to be, like, it just seems to be a comic book. And, hey, cool, you were successful. That's great, yeah. I, I suppose. Um, the base here, though, is 
what is your actual, like, I'm very confused by what they mean by woke. Because I think we need to talk about what woke means to get into, like, political <laughs> politicization and all that. Yeah. And woke, okay, let's let's go with this first. When you hear the word woke, what do you, what comes to mind for you? So uh, to me, uh, so if you're asking me personally, the yes. word woke is like the word sheeple where it says a whole lot more about the person using it than the people mm. they're trying to describe. And so if you're using woke, uh, I see you as the type of person who is afraid of change and is mm. scared of um, you know, opinions that disagree with you. But really, I think what it's meant to mean is intentionally adding liberal uh, politics into things even if they don't fit like trying to shove a square into a circle shaped okay. hole a square that says liberal into a circle shaped hole yeah and okay sure sure so that so you're saying that that's what it's become that that's what they yes that's what that's what because the would... word the word woke was originally just a term used basically to like de, like to denote something or someone that is aware of like systemic issues of racism right and like you know like discrimination like it was a that's term, where it originated uh, that's where it originated it was a term largely used in the black community right and has become co-opted very much by so. by people who are seeking to a just fundamentally alter what that means so that it can't be used anymore uh in a serious way and also who want to push their their own agenda you know uh by saying this thing is woke and they've changed the meaning of that to a negative thing so it's bad right uh so yes yeah, so so the ripaverse is apparently supposed to be a response to what they consider to be the wokening of comic books the, the specifically pointing out that they changed the motto of superman to not include america right and it's it's first of all there's so many things i have to say about this yes first of all writers can do whatever they want and if you think that your character comes to a logical point where you can say that that character wants to renounce their american citizenship and focus more on a worldwide aspect and say that yeah. He wants... Superman said he was a citizen of the universe. Right. Right. And not no longer America. And contextually was doing it specifically to help the United States because he had recently been in Iraq during a big protest and people were seeing his presence there as a American provocation. Right. So he talks to somebody in the government and says, hey, I'm going to help you out. I am officially renouncing my citizenship. I am no longer American. And, and that makes perfect sense to me. Like in, in a it's lot of ways, if he's an American citizen and he flies to China and he fights a Chinese villain, that could still be considered an act of war. Like he's, an American provocation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so it makes sense. And writers can do that if they want to get upset or hurt by that is weird to me. And Justice League Unlimited and Justice League International have been things for decades now. Yeah, yeah. And it's so weird that that would be the inciting moment for you to say, oh, I'm done with this. 
now, okay, so let's, I'll, I'll, I'll flat out say this is speculation and assumption. But to me, that's what they could point to as a acceptable reason for why they think it's bad. Hmm. Because often people are concerned or upset or angry or sad that typically, you know, a lot of people talk about Marvel, how instead of, you know, for a while, instead of, you know, white man, Tony Stark, you, they brought in Ironheart, Riri Williams, a black person, or instead of Peter Parker, it's Miles Morales, a Latino, uh, Afro, Afro Latino, uh, you know, teenager and people were upset or, you know, you have, uh, uh, Sam Wilson as Captain America, but when you go on in, in a, a public <laughs> interview and you're asked, why are you doing this? You can't just say, including on Fox, because they know the, they right. try to toe a line. Right. These people of color are taking our comic book there's jobs. Too many, there's too many black people in comics. <laughs> there's too many non-white people. And I don't like it. So again, speculation. The two gentlemen who are the uh, the the artists here that are in this interview are not white, and so I, I'm not saying that black people can't be racist. What I'm saying is maybe that's not as big a concern for them. But in general, that is a huge component of why people think things are political. Mm-hmm. They, they they term comics as political. It's a huge aspect of Comics Gate, which we have talked about in the past. Right. And anyway, so that's why I'm very skeptical that it's just because they took America out of the slogan. Anyway, so uh, okay. to, also to be clear, though, the two men who started this are both people of color. And they, they are. That's what. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They both have like evidence uh, like shown that they are receiving a lot of racist comments against them sure. for their choice to do what they're doing here. And Hey, don't do that. That's stupid. Like that. Not only is that yeah, counterproductive, yeah. but it's you are n- proving a point. Right. Essentially. Right. But not only is it counterproductive and that you're proving a point, but at the same time, it, it I, I don't know. I guess I'm going to say that to you, what you're saying, it proves the point that they're making that this is that it comics are so woke now that you can't, try to split split away from it and start a different comic book first yeah. that isn't woke without people hating you for it you know being canceled for it right so okay that's that's the whole aspect so let's talk about what a non-woke because in this are in this interview uh the artist uh specifically says we don't want to be anti-woke we want to be non-woke and break away from I don't I'm not specifically quoting except that he did say not anti woke but non woke <clears throat> and not and and provide something for other for people who aren't interested in those political type types of stories the their version of political stories um so what does a non woke <laughs> and remember when we say woke we are talking about I guess forced politicization which traditionally in this realm means non-white people where white people were at one point or i guess quote-unquote liberal politics about fighting fascists i do have an example of this and one that i was like "Eh, okay i don't that doesn't feel okay okay i'm very interested here kyle rayner do you know who kyle rayner is 
Yeah, he's a Green Lantern. Kyle Rian is a Green Lantern. He's been an established character for a very long time. Long time. In his uh, storyline, not too long ago, I think it was like four or five years ago, he's learning more about his parents. You know, had like didn't know who his parents were, and he finds out that his father is actually a Mexican man who went on the run and while he was in hiding changed his name to Rainer. <laughs> and so Kyle Rainer is actually Mexican. And as the comics progressed, his skin tone slightly got a little really darker as comics progressed until, and they, they did the same thing with wonder woman, but I think this makes sense. She's been Greek for a million years, but sure. wonder woman was very clearly white. And then yes. over the course of, uh, you know, several years, they just started darkening her skin color as time passed. Uh, they're, they're, they're in the midst of doing it now with Selena Kyle, Selena Kyle in a lot of different fictions is black where in some of the comics she's white. She is also depicted as sort of a mixed ethnicity in a lot of things. So there's like, there is a lot of established characters that they are trying to make them people of color where they were not before. I don't include wonder woman in this because she was Greek always, but they have been doing it. And as a Mexican man, Having somebody jump out and say, hey, Kyle Rayner's Mexican, too. I was like, no, he's not. Like, I, I mean, I guess he is, but that just, that feels sure forced. Like, I do, I do want to, like, and I just come from the standpoint, I'm a white man, very white man. I do want to point out the difference, though, between turning Kyle Rayner, <laughs> skin, his skin color, to one that is supposed to be more Mexican or right. whatever. There's a difference between that and an entirely different continuity displaying Kyle or Selena Kyle. It's a lot of Kyle's going on here. Uh, Selena Kyle as a as a, you know, a different race. Right. They didn't they didn't take, you know, uh, what's her name from Batman Returns and, the, you know, put her in brown face. And like, <laughs> they, you know, they didn't they didn't. Michelle it's just an enti- yeah, it's an entirely <laughs> different universe. And I mean. DC and Marvel have had many, many universes. And so there is a difference there. I can understand if somebody is still upset about that to a certain extent, but there is a difference between saying, well, we decided he's Mexican. So now he has brown skin is different than this continuity has Selena Kyle as a white woman. And this continuity has a, a, a character named Selena Kyle. Who's also Catwoman, who is black. Like, right. They are different characters, not the same character turning brown. Like, that's that's terrible. Yes, it is terrible. Yes. And so, anyway, uh, all this to say that that is an extreme example. And I, I it's not very good writing. It feels right. forced. And I think that's the complaints. Now, I think that is a rarity. I think, like, sure. like, that America thing, that's one thing you can point your finger at and say, see? And then you say, give me a second example. And <laughs> then people flounder and, you know, and kind of struggle after that. Because, there, yes, there are some extreme examples. But for the most part, it's just natural writing. Your, your character, hey, it's okay if your character gets hurt and somebody replaces him. And that person happens to be a person of color or a woman. Like, when you get upset with that, that's just saying that you want your character to be consistent always. To never change, nothing to, to happen in the storyline. Right. Never to be shaken up. Like, or, or, for that matter, when Jean-Paul Valley became Batman for however long in the night's end, 
He was yeah. a white guy, and nobody complained about that. Sure. Nobody complained yeah, about no, it 100%. being woke. That that is that is one of the clearest like uh uh demonstration demonstrators that like it's not about the character. It's about the skin color. It's about the you know the the gender most a lot of times like like you know it's it also is another re- re- it reveals that people aren't really familiar with the history of comics a lot of times yeah <laughs> that nothing nothing it's a weird combination of nothing stays the same except for everything where characters constantly change titles are given to new characters all that whatever you know every character who has died comes back to life you know where or, or you know there's various supermans but they're all whatever like there's always something new but the old has never disappeared and it's so it's just this weird like i when we get down to like you know why are you upset about riri williams showing up in the mcu instead of you know tony stark when like oh because it changes who the character is okay well they changed who the character was when they had him you know be captured in the middle east instead of vietnam or they, even they've when changed, they they've changed tony stark you know uh what's his name uh robert downey jr doesn't look exactly like tony stark in the comics right so they changed him they changed how he looked what's the problem why aren't you upset about that he doesn't look exactly the same so what's the problem why aren't you upset even the demon in a bottle storyline i mean yes they kind of slowly led up to it but they added the idea that he's an alcoholic and this is a very yep. serious thing he has to deal with. That is a change to your character. But these are all things that, because they're not woke, quote unquote, people accepted. Right. And also, my favorite, one of the, one of the funniest aspects of all of this to me is, then don't read it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't like what they did to the character. So I'm just not going to read it anymore. You know? Like, there's TV shows that, I likened to a certain point and then it became not as good and I stopped watching it. That I literally that has just happened with uh lock and key with Jackie yeah. and I and uh, uh, Peaky blinders. We just started watching their newest season and we're like, they're really good anymore. Yeah. We're, we're not going to watch okay. them anymore. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get on Reddit. and <laughs> I'm going to go on Fox news and complain about it and start a Kickstarter and make my own Peaky Blinders. Yeah. Yeah. Like, my, I'm, my I'm, actually, I'm actually on board. Like I actually really kind of respect the fact that they said we're going to create our own thing to a certain extent. Great. Like you yeah. saw what you didn't like. You wanted to provide something that you felt like was lacking. I definitely don't agree with you that that thing was lacking because here's the thing. Marvel comics has 50, 60, 70 different comic lines at any one given time. So what you're saying is literally everything they put out is woke and bad when I, you're, you're, you know, Oh, one character changed skin. You know, they have a different skin color because there's a new person playing it. That means everything they write is bad now. So that's not how, or just read venom. It's still been, it, it, it was a white guy and then it passed to his son, another white guy. Like, just read Venom. You like Venom, right? Yeah. He's cool and edgy. I, and I mean, like you were saying, there are some things that I have to tip my hat to. Looking at their about page, some of their commitments here, code of ethics, the top, their code of ethics, one of them is canon and continuity. What they're saying is that they're going to try and never do full reboots 
everything that happened actually happened. They're not going to, they're going to try not to retcon anything ever. They're going to try and keep uh, time travel down. Like their, their real actual uh, commitment is to keep a comprehensive and logical story to it. And then on top of that, one of their code of ethics is a comprehensive timeline. Just saying that they want to make sure that you understand their timeline. And that might mean that their characters age, by the way, and eventually that's get great. Old. I love that. Yeah. Like I the, wish, I wish Marvel did that more. The, these are things that I can get behind that. I don't mind. It's one of the reasons why I love the justice society in DC comics. It's one, it's a group of heroes that they just decided. These are the old guys that they're, they're the old, you know, characters. Sure. I love that. What is, Tough to me, and I think we can pivot here to talk about another aspect, is specifically in the Fox News. Now, this isn't a quote, but in the Fox News article, it says that they're going to try to leave politics out of the storylines. Yes, this is the funniest part of the entire thing. Now, again, this is the Fox News article. This is not their exact quote, but this is definitely the feel that you get from what they're saying they never use those exact words but it's definitely what they're leaning toward there's some dog whistling going on their hero is a man of color that is a political choice like it's it's depending by, by their definition of political let's be clear and that's what i'm saying there's nothing political about skin color it depends on your opinion of political yes and, and you can tell that whatever their definition of political is, is going to be their line that they draw. So if you say, wait a second, your lead character is a person of color. That's woke, right? No, this isn't because we say so. Yeah. And so like, it's tough to me. Like, uh, what are they going to consider woke and not woke? Are they never, ever, ever going to encounter somebody of the LGBTQ community? Is a police officer never going to show up? Right. Or, or or even make a mistake for that matter, you know. Because again, trying to define this by that very conservative Fox News style of idea of being political or woke, yes, there can be police officers, but they're all good guys trying to help, and they never make that's mistakes. A, that's a political statement. It is a political statement. Like all of this stuff is political statements. You can't not be political. There's no such thing as entirely apolitical. Right. It's it is a like in uh the show uh what's the show with uh Ted Danson and Cheers uh uh The Good Place Kristen Kristen Bell. Good place, thank you. <laughs> that show was okay. There was some funny parts, it was overall interesting. But there was I thought really interesting issue that they bring up. There's a lot of philo- philosophical talk in the show. Mm-hmm. They talk about how in the bad place oh wait, they find out that nobody is going to the good place, heaven, right. whatever. And everybody's going to the bad place. And they think that it's the bad place cheating somehow, rigging the system. But in reality, it's that the world is so intertwined that it's essentially impossible to never to to do something that is entirely good. You can buy a chocolate bar, but that chocolate bar was made by slave labor somewhere. So you are contributing to it to a broken system. You can, in fact give taxes to a government that commits crimes, you know, like that you have no control over, but you did technically contribute to, you could have left and not given those taxes, you know, that kind of right. And I think that's going to be something that they have to contend with in a, if they're going to say this is non-political, then 
they have to somehow avoid everything? It's <laughs> a, a, a dangerous line, my friends. Does somebody work at, you know, if somebody works at a corporation, it, like, it, 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 it to me, the risk here is that if they're trying to avoid any kind of quote-unquote political nature of a storyline or of a, even just elements added to it, then it's going to be so bland and nothing that it's, it's going to feel like a, you know, a 50s Superman, you know, oh, he stopped a speeding train and saved the day. And it's like, cool, if I was a kid in the 1940s watching it on TV, <laughs> that'd be interesting. But when it's 2022, right. and that's that's so basic, like, but it, like, it's just, it feels like they're try they're, they are kind of uh, uh, shooting themselves in the foot. If they want to avoid either by the tip, the, the, the actual denotative definition of politician, or the kind of connotative, oh, it's political because such and such. Well, then they they can't do anything. The extreme. What, what is the story going to be about? The extreme irony of it is their choice to make to leave the politics out came from Superman saying that he's not an American citizen anymore. It's based on a political choice. It's based on a hugely political choice, all on the the politics of a country, America. Like even just yes. referencing a country itself is referencing a political system, and so again. If you're defining politics as its actual definition, just the interaction, uh, you know, on this uh, of ethics of an uh, entire gov culture, governmental, yeah. yeah, you can't not, you can't not. It, it you're gonna deal with this stuff in some way, shape, or form. But if your idea of politics is being woke, then that definition is so hazy and muddy that you're gonna yes. fail. And you're gonna end up fighting your own people because eventually you're gonna hit a storyline. And people are going to look at you and say, wait, I thought you said you weren't going to be woke. And you're going to say, that's not woke. And then some people are going to say, ooh, that's too woke for me, though. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's let's just read the very basic story, like the first paragraph of the story summary here on, on the Ripaverse website. Avery Silman was once an entry-level hero known as Isom in the city of Florspark, Texas, shortly after gaining his special abilities. A certain event had him hang up his suit and now he stays on the outskirts of the city living as a rancher this is a person of color working as a farmer in texas in america <laughs> how are you going to avoid the realities of that situation aside from making it the most bland like st you know store brand nothing of a of a of a of a story like, what if somebody wants to say, oh, no, the, the you know, the government wants to shut, you know, they're, they're, they're outsourcing their food, you know, his ranch is getting shut down or he's not able to pay his bills. Like, no, you just made it political. What, what, you know, what, what you're in Texas. What's the point of making it Texas? Why did you choose America for him to be a citizen of? He's already a political entity by the fact that he is a citizen of America. So you have already broken your rule. You're going to have to lie is what it yes. is. They will have to blatantly lie about what the real culture is like. And yes. it's going to be written like Norman Rockwell, 1950s type, you know, mm. comics where ever all the good guys are good and they like each other because they do good things. And all the bad guys are bad and they twirl their mustaches together in dark rooms. And there's no middle ground. There's they no don't have motivation. 
They just do bad stuff that is bad. Right. Even just that line, a certain event had him hang up his suit. That's so loaded. What event could that be yeah. that isn't political in some way? Like, what what had to have happened to cause this man to hang up his suit that is going to fit within your promise to your customers? Uh, yeah. Here's the man. At the end of the day, the problem is I want to read this, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm not going to pay. No, 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 for, no, no. You know, no, I'm no. not going to contribute to this. Right, right. And so, you know, this is going to be speculation. Unless the li- I'll, I'll get it from the library if they happen to get it. Hmm. But that'd be surprising. Yeah, I um, guess to give my final thoughts, because we should yeah. probably be wrapping up Yeah, here. let's wrap it up. Yeah. What, what I'll say here is, all in all, these guys can write a story. They can do whatever they want. Sure. Yeah. Trying to come after them personally is not the way to do this. We've said no. it a million times to vote with your wallet. Just don't give them money. And you know what? $3.5 million, they're making a ton of money. Then, okay, cool. People are going to read it. That's also not a bad thing. It's going to be okay. On top of all of this, we have to tip our hat to the idea that here are men of color giving a what looks to be a black hero to people who are wanting non-woke comics. Like, overall, that's a good thing. The type of person, uh, sure, yeah, the type of person that wants there to be non woke comics is probably going to lean toward more of the white male superhero, and letting there be a black male superhero in there is going to be good for that. That's cool, great. Don't come down on this. Come down on the idea of trying to write apolitically non woke. These that, that it's it's either going to be not bland or impo- impossible. Yeah, yeah. Uh- I do want to point out one other thing from the uh, the interview on Fox News was that the host, uh, Brian Kilmeade, uh, he, he introduces it, talks about how it's made over $3 million. And then at one point, like, the 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 people he's interviewing say, like, yeah, we're hoping people are going to really be interested in this. We want to write it for people who are looking for this kind of comic. And the, the host just says, well, we clearly see that at least 3 million people want to read it. Like Brian, that's, that's not, not how that works. It costs thirty-five dollars minimum. <laughs> like, I don't think you either didn't think this through or you are bad at math, my friend. That's no, no. Uh, yeah. At the end of the day, like, it's not going to hurt. It's either going to come out and actually be pretty good and ironic that they wanted to be non-woke, right? Or it's going to be nothing. Well, I'll tell you just, this: it's going to go nowhere. I, I bet it can be good, and I bet it will be pretty good for a while. But eventually they're going to run out of regular run of the mill toe the line ideas and you're going to have to either it's going to get boring and repetitive or you're going to have to do something political. Either we grant the possibility that there is a way to write a non woke like and they do it for a little while. Yeah, it's it's going to be essentially impossible to maintain it farther than I mean, the first issue is 96 pages. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I mean, it's just going to be I'm. What if it comes out? What if it comes out and it is the clearest, like, racially tense, trying to point out systematic racism in America? Oh, that would be like, great. Blatantly thing in the world. This was all a big con. <laughs> oh, and they man. put it in like the fine print somewhere yeah. that said we're actually lying. Don't believe us. Or hey, woke and political are like highly fluid this, definitions. This, this is, is how we. This is nothing. <laughs> this, this is how, how we decided it. to yeah. define it. <laughs> All right. That would be that'd be wonderful. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your support. Sorry that we've been kind of spotty on recording recently. I was at camp and then I got the COVID, so I apologize for nothing. Yeah, you you don't deserve you don't need to. So I I owe, I owe you nothing. <laughs> you, 
all of all all millions of our listeners millions of you guys uh thank you so much for listening yeah that's what i wanted to say yeah uh we we appreciate uh wherever you we would appreciate it wherever you're listening to this give us a rating give us a share give us a comment whatever you know uh tell us about how we're wokenistas who are too liberal and uh wanna you know uh we're act we're the actual racists right because we talk about race right um that's that's what race is because i'm brown yeah no please please say be as racist as you want in our (laughs) comp wait don't do that never mind the joke went too far yeah uh no we appreciate you listening and uh yeah we, we 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 look forward to next time thanks again for listening guys and always remember that saved games save lives bye